you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the League podcast starts now. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes, Chris Wessling, Mark Sessler, and Greg Rosenthal. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Things are looking up. We're in a room that is uh, free of trunks filled with arms from another country. Yes, that is We're that is sitting positive. in chairs facing each other. We're in the There's same a room. Table. We're in the same table. room Jerry Seinfeld was in just a few days ago. Yes, we're, we moved... To the big leagues. Hopefully, the sound's a little better this time. I got um, several tweets. We all got tweets about some sound issues the last podcast. Someone actually tweeted that it sounded like I was in a coffin, which wasn't actually far from the truth. But um, hopefully, this sounds good. And if it doesn't sound good, you know, we'll be back in the studio next week. Everything's cool. But who cares? We're still in New York City. It's a podcast. It's gonna be. We're gonna be talking about the big game on Sunday. I like, by the way, the places that can't use the Super Bowl language. The big game. It just says the big game. <laughs> like, eat wings, watch the big game in this bar. You'll see that everywhere around the city. Easily mistaken for, like, a regular season Rangers tilt. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so obviously this is our last podcast before the Super Bowl, so we are going to really dig in on the game. And, Greg, what do you call... Sessler and Wessling, are they our embedded reporters on the site, on the ground? I'd like to call them our intrepid embedded uh, reporters. Seems to be a little, I don't know, built up a little bit. I th- they're there. They're with the teams. They're out in Jersey City. They arrived into New York, Manhattan tonight, and they will be with us the rest of the weekend. So we welcome you. But you've been there with the teams, and now you know them intimately. I feel like you've kind of been snowed by them now that you just you believe both of those teams are going to win after hanging out. 
Wes is you're a member of the team. Yeah. Wes has been embedded with the Denver Broncos, the AFC champions, Mark, with the Seattle Seahawks, the NFC champions. That's how it works, Tim. And why don't we why don't we start there? I mean, if you guys were um, in tight in Jersey, and we'll get to some Jersey talk later too. Chris, why don't you start and tell us your takeaways from your dealings with the team since the last time we spoke? I would say I was a trepid reporter the first couple of days in Jersey City. Today was my favorite day of the week. Um, just sitting down with the coaches one-on-one, talking to all of the position coaches and Jack Del Rio, defensive coordinator, and it's just fun to talk football strategy to get to know their player evaluations. Uh, so I did that today and just had a blast. What were some of the evaluations? Also, uh, Richard Smith, the Broncos linebacker, uh, he talked a lot about how they have a rotation now since Von Miller went down, Paris Lennon and uh, Nate Irving are playing early downs as thumpers in the run game, and then Woodyard comes in and plays alongside Trevathan in the, uh, in the nickel packages, and he thinks that that's a big reason for their su- success, that they come in and they're just playing balls to the wall for 20, 25 snaps instead of getting tired after 60 snaps, and he thinks that's a really good combination. He loves Trevathan and uh, called him very, very, very instinctual. That That is his best quality. That's how he makes so many plays. He has great instincts. He's a battler. And uh, said, really, he's been tremendous. And if you uh, have watched the film, you can't come to any other conclusion, is what he said. That was a good evaluation. And then I talked to uh, Jay Rogers, defensive line coach. About, Name dropper. About mm-hmm. pot roast. And, uh, you know, I kind of asked him, pot roast was always seen as like a big run plager, prototypical nose tackle. How come he's all of a sudden a pass rusher, too? And he said, well... You know, if you just watch the guy, he's in a, he's almost an athletic freak. He said, I guarantee he could dunk a basketball when he was younger. And he's just getting off the ball so fast. His timing is good. And uh, he just said he just has natural God-given ability that other players don't have. Let me ask you a question, uh, Wes. Is there a player in talking to the coaches or talking to the players that is looming as a guy that's way under the radar that can make big plays and potentially win this game? You know, I, I this was funny. Yesterday... Tyke Tolbert, the wide receivers coach, was asked that exact question, and he predicted that, Name dropper. <laughs> that Nickelback Tony Carter mm. would make the most important play in the Super Bowl. I wow. thought that was interesting to go with Tony Carter from a guy on the opposite side of the ball. That's interesting. Yeah, I would I would not expect that. Yeah. What about um, from a personality sense? Like who is uh, who has jumped out at you as being someone intriguing, annoying? It was funny today seeing (laughs) how loose they all were. Peyton Manning set the tone with that with a hilarious press conference. Um, And then Nate Irving and and Danny Trevathan just clowning on each other while while the media was all gathered there. Irving took the mic as all the reporters were walking in and just started free versing. Mm. Um, And then he, as we're walking out, he's like, Danny Trevathan, everybody! And started just (laughs) clowning on him. So that was... To see the personality, they're all feeling pretty loose right now. I have found that these Thursdays with the teams are the best days because everyone knows it's the last media availability. They have talked to the media, guys, those assistant coaches and the kind of the random players, more in the last two days than they did all season, much less all week. It's been five days of 45 minutes of being available. Everyone's happy. They're happy getting closer to the game. There's less reporters there, so it's not as crowded. Every Everyone's just... We're getting the fever that we don't. We can stop talking about this for a little while. And Wes, what about? Can you give me one 
Peyton Manning's story or t- takeaway being up close to him like this? You know, I've, I've told you guys this before. I've always thought he had, like, uncle humor. I didn't find him funny. I don't think his commercials are funny. They're so overrated. But I, I thought he was hilarious today. I thought he was very funny. He just t- took control of the press conference, started messing with the reporters, you know. He had basically everybody in the palm of his hand, and uh, you could tell he was just in an even especially jovial mood today. He had definitely has uncle dress code. I mean, he tucked his jersey into sweatpants. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's an uncle move. He's nearing <laughs> his 40s, Greg, so he's, he probably is an uncle. Well, you can tell us more about uncle. what it's like to be He's almost as old as we are, Mark. He's an uncle. What is it like to be 40? Yeah, let's get It's that, a new Mark. territory. <laughs> you suddenly realize how wiser you are than people in their 30s and 20s sitting close to you in a room. You can just, uh, <laughs> you see things differently. It's, an, it's a privilege. Well, you see things differently through your glasses that you're wearing with, like, three-inch frames. That's fair. How it's many pairs of jorts did you have to buy when you turned 40? I have never purchased jorts in my life, and that's a streak that I, I'm a person of streaks. I'd like that streak to continue deep into my lifetime. <laughs> uh, Wes, any final takeaways before we swing it to the Sessler side? Well, I feel like, I think the people around me all seem to be going with the Seahawks. I feel, every day I'm with the Broncos, I feel more confident that they're going to win. Despite the fact that they are fated to lose, per your tweet in November. Listen, it's already decided. We know that, but we're going to, again, we don't want to ruin the suspense here. Uh, And hold on. You kind of told us where you're going with your prediction. At the end of the podcast, we will give our official predictions with the score. And Greg, as he's apt to point out, nailed the score uh, exactly in Super Bowl forty-seven. I did. I don't know if you guys heard about this. He also gave to charity (laughs) that year. No receipt. See no receipt of that. No No record of that. Very hazy. I think if I got the score right two years in a row, it would rival the greatest achievement in athletics history. Well, I mean, why stop there? I mean, mean, how hard is it to get the score right even once? Basically one of the greatest achievements in civilization history. I agree. And you will have missed out on somehow financially rewarding yourself for this. Well, you guys should give me $10,000 if, if I can get it right. I've never had $10,000 <laughs> in my life. I'll only give it to you if you then give it to your, the charity of your choice. Sure. For the first and, time. And document it. <laughs> like he's never done that before. Mark Sessler, Seattle Seahawks, 25 minutes on Marshawn Lynch starting now. Uh, you know, I actually brushed shoulders with Lynch today. He's a very bizarre Did guy. Did he go down hard? <laughs> he was being escorted by handlers out of, through a curtain, and he just—he he embodies some of the guys I saw that today. There was a weariness to some of the Seahawks, not the main dudes that sit up at the podiums, but the guys that are floating around. Uh, that you, the reporters are looking at their sheet to find out by number who right. this guy is. He's never heard of him, and it's like looking at him. No, I don't want to ask you a question. Keep walking. Some of these guys just wanted to bail and get out of there, but like Wes. I would say that this group won me over this week, too, because of the way... And I know it sounds like we're just, uh, you know, ripe to be taken over by, like, Soviet paraphernalia. Mark felt the same way the 94 Chargers. He's like, wow, this Chargers <laughs> yeah, group right. is loose. It's like 12 they years are, old. They are David, and Goliath is in a lot of trouble. I say, like, We're painting a picture of Mark and I are the Manchurian candidate. You really right. are. <laughs> well, but there's it was listen. like Belichick the other year. There was the big storyline all week was... Oh, he's loose. He's having fun now. It's the loose Patriots, Belichick. Greg, always swinging it back to New England (laughs) Patriots talk. They didn't make this game. Seriously, though, um, 
Marshawn Lynch, I'm legitimately curious as someone that's been around him. What is your vibe of what you saw from this guy? I think this guy just wants to play. He wants to play the game. I don't think he wants a whole lot to do with all this. Obviously, well, we know that he's about that. Action I didn't. Boss. I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't like in close proximity to him day after day because you they were had, sleeping in the hotel all week. They had him today nestled in a corner where only seven reporters, me being not one of them, were allowed to sit across from him and ask questions that had only football as the topic. Mm. And so I started seeing tweets from a couple of these guys. I don't know if Greg needed to do a little more foot, you know, a little bit more work to get me on that panel, mm. but not even considered. <laughs> Didn't happen. So I can't, I can't go far down that well for you. Can you even prove that you went to the Seahawks media availability? <laughs> I Listen, was I can that. spin a yarn the same way Wesleyan can. We have no, I have no proof this guy got out of bed in the morning. But <laughs> it's a miracle that I did. Yeah. I uh, let me say one thing. With along with Wes, I my, the takeaway for me was that the, you know the players are kind of trained to say nothing, but there was so much to learn from these coaches. And Dan Quinn this week was one guy, and we mm-hmm. talked about him a little bit on the show. I really, you know, when he came up, his name boiled up as like a potential candidate for head coaching jobs here and there. And it's you just see the headshot. It's this guy with a goatee. Well, what's he about? But he really is. He embodies a lot of what he's taken away from Nick Saban, from Carroll. And he talked all week how this year's defense isn't just something he inherited and is just doing Gus Bradley's job. He's mixed in what he's taken from each of these places. And everyone's kept asking him how. And I, you know, I said to him today, like, how are you going to get to Peyton Manning? What is it with this? How is this pass rush, pass rush going to do what no other team's done? And he, he basically flipped the script a little bit mm. on that line of questioning and said, it, it isn't so much our pass rush, it's that with our secondary, what we do is we, we trust each of these guys to go one-on-one. All these cornerbacks sit over and over, we don't double-team in this secondary. We go one-on-one on guys, we're comfortable doing that. And what we're going to do is take away from Manning that extra second where that receiver typically gets into space because Manning's so good at making that quick decision to the right receiver that Quinn basically said, if we can, one more click, one more second of coverage, it's going to change the way what Manning sees, what he's able to do with the, with the ball. And so I thought that, that they were basically saying, we're going to do what we've been doing all year. We don't have a different scheme for Denver. We're going to play our game. He, he is used to getting rid of the ball. No one got rid of the ball faster than Peyton Manning, especially right. over the end of the season. It's not an offense that's good on improvising. I want you to make a choice, though, Mark. Every Super Bowl I've noticed, you fall in love with a new coordinator, like a young, like a young teen in, the, in like a new favorite band. If Greg Roman is at one end of the bar and Dan Quinn's at the Ooh. other end of the bar and you walk in and they don't have time to just hang out all night, you just have to have one beer with one of them. Sessler is Kelly Kapowski, and you have Slater at one end. <laughs> right, right. So I need to, to make keep... a decision. Sessler knows Kelly Kapowski. Well, I will say this. Uh, <laughs> you know, back in the day when you're when you're learning how to date, and you don't even know how to ask someone out, and you're kind of I kind of want to like swing the bat here and ask this girl out and see if she'll go on a date with me. I kind of wanted to ask Dan Quinn to go out and let's. Could, would you have a beer with me? I just want to. <laughs> I want to learn would you more. Please have a beer with me. <laughs> Well, that's, to be with there you. was no way in my mind that the sentence could come out without me probably being escorted from the building. So I kept it. I kept that at bay. I'm gonna go though. Uh, I've already had a beer with Greg Roman, so I'm gonna go Dan Quinn. Oh this, wow! This story ends with Mark holding a 
boombox up over his head outside Dan Quinn's window. The light, the heat in your eyes. We're going to have to pay royal. Well, we would have to play, pay royalties to Peter Gabriel if uh, Wes carried the melody on that at all. I can't carry it. Um, so let me ask you the same question. All right, so you, you would rather. What, what would we take out of that that you want to date the Dan Quinn? Uh, it's gotten I to don't a strange know, place. I don't know if, if date is the quote. I think it's, I would like to learn more... About the man. About what he knows about football. All right, and the same question I asked Wes, who, is there anyone that jumped out to you that's under the radar uh, on that team that could make a big difference on Sunday? Well, two guys, I kept asking, who's the underrated player on this team? Brandon Mabane came up over and over and over. So I think he's got a chance to make a real difference for that defense, but I... um, Doug Baldwin tell me today, and this is not an under-the-radar guy if you really follow the Seahawks, but that Walter Thurman, he said, needs to get credit. as pretty under-the-radar. Well, but in games, being the best cornerback for full games at a time. That we always talk about Richard Sherman, but that Walter Thurman, he told me, was the guy he feels that when this game's said and done, everyone's going to be talking about him. Mm. Possibly the best Mm. designated nickelback in the NFL. There you go. Very good, gentlemen. By the way, while you guys were um, out with some Ukrainian people Polish. at a bar, Polish people Polish. at a bar, including a woman that was hunting after Wes yeah, uh, she, with great uh, aggression, from what I understand, <laughs> and we'll get more into it last night, uh, last night uh, I was at the Jay Glazer Super Bowl party mm. in Manhattan as a, uh, speaking of dates and other men, as the date of NFL media insider Ian Rappaport. Uh, an old colleague of mine, and uh, that was an interesting scene. What, Would what you like some Super Bowl week flavor? Well, what, what, what was the scene like? Play it on. Well, it was uh, it was very strange. It was basically like if you had to, if I asked you to describe what a Jay Glazer Super Bowl party at a bar would be like, I'll throw it to you, Wes. How would you describe it? Lasers. <laughs> All right, there were some lasers, Greg. I think there would be a lot of, you know, a lot of beat. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? A lot of beat. A lot of driving bass. Mark. I would <laughs> picture uh, <laughs> unsaddled white horses wandering around. That is wrong. <laughs> many many uh, flunkies and hangers on. That is not wrong. Okay. So basically, uh, what this party was, first of all, as, and I wrote about it on the Around the League blog, I never wait outside to get into bars anymore. I left that behind in my 20s. Well, you never have to wait. They say, Mr. Hans is coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I wish. Um, but no, so we, we wait outside. It's 12 degrees out. Finally get in, shoulder to shoulder, and it has so many luminaries. In fact, when we were, and flunkies, when we were waiting to get in, Rog comes out the door, gets into a big black Denali, Mm. And bangs out, like so. Right, right, right away, you understand what's going on. At this For place. all of our listeners, that's Roger Goodell. <laughs> they, they're not as tight with him as you, <laughs> the NFL commissioner. They don't Roger play words Goodell. with friends with him like you right. do. He's very good at that. Anyway, so we get in, and there's people everywhere, and you know, you're talking athletes, you're talking agents, uh, front office personnel, and blonde women, and it's just mm. the whole place is filled with that. And then, what was really funny was there was a downstairs bar and then an upstairs bar. And that's where the class system came into play. Mr. Glazer was holding court on the upper level, nursing a drink, looking down at the riffraff, which included uh, myself and Ian. And Ian couldn't even go up. 
Ian didn't have access. Well, those are rivals. Well, he got invited. Yeah, that's he got it. it. But yes, he I is mean, the NFL media insider. And trust me, we should get Ian on the podcast during the offseason because it did eat at him, and I could tell that. It was <laughs> this particular that he was scenario. Not upstairs. Right. If but, that's kind of a boss move, that Glazer probably invites all of his rivals <laughs> yeah, on right. purpose to see who's dumb right. enough to show up, and then he keeps them in the. It's just very to remind, like, it's just very to remind like, him, like, hey. There's no Ian Rappaport party during Super Bowl week. <laughs> There's a Jay Glazer party. That's fair. That's, that's Machiavelli. It's very ancient Rome. So the best, the best part, the best Glazer move is every once in a while, uh, he would go down half the flight of stairs, and then he'd, he'd tap on one of the, there's two gigantic bouncers covering each stairwell to get to the upper level, and he'd tap on the bouncer's shoulder and then point to one or two people and then like do the finger move, like bring them up. The chosen and they would be summoned to to the heavens, as it were, uh, within the structure to party with Glazer. Um, I think I'd rather stay downstairs. This almost sounds illegal. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah, and as I wrote, I was curiosity got the best of me, and also uh, Belvedere vodka, and I attempted name dropper. Yeah, and I attempted to ascend the staircase behind um, some blondes and a well-dressed guy. <laughs> And I got three steps up, and then a giant arm came down, and he was like, where's your wristband? I didn't have a wristband. You needed a wristband to get up there. So I never got there. But that was a very interesting party. I can't even tell all the stories and all the things I saw. That will be saved for um, off-podcast hours. There was a quote from a colleague of ours about the party that seemed to encapsulate it well. Yeah, he said that you could cut the self-importance with a knife. I like that you're able to shift from spending an evening with, as you say, luminaries, league-wide luminaries, <laughs> to sort of seamlessly coming and being with us. Well, taking it down, guys, taking it down four or five you you know, guys staircases as luminaries as well. I'm not sure we would have even been on the first floor. We got in anyway, so that was cool. <laughs> and then while you guys are doing your other uh, media events today, uh, Greg dispatched me to the Bruno Mars press conference. Well, let's be honest, you. You were like, before the Super Bowl even got here, we just were coming up with plans, and you said, I've got the halftime co- press conference. That was pretty much the one thing you were like, that's mine, I own it. Kansas. I wouldn't quite Mars. put it that way. Who's what Bruno, was that? Who's Bruno Mars? I love Wes. That's, <laughs> that this is so why Wes is one of the great people. I don't I see, and I can't even tell. He's playing that up. He's playing that up. Well, you know he's the halftime actor. I know he's the halftime actor. I, don't, I, I could not tell you what he looks like or what song. You he's heard his what? song his like hair? four or five times last night, and I know he did no idea it was Bruno Mars singing. <laughs> his hair is possibly more impressive than Dan's. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, it's, no, it is. It's a marvel to look at. I actually had, it was strange, it was at this Rose Theater in, uh, at Lincoln Center, and I, it wasn't very crowded the place, and it's so much different than Beyonce and Madonna, and um, which were packed houses the last two years. So I got like a John Wilkes Booth um, like box oh, where nice. I was by myself looking down straight down on Bruno Mars. Mm. Very strange, uh, magnificent hair. Right? It's and we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it at the halftime show, Mark. You will be. Your eyes will be glued I, at halftime. I'm going to leave that to you to describe how that goes. <laughs> All right. All right, buddy. Okay, so let's let's get back let's get back to some game coverage. Super Bowl's how many days away now? Are we three days away? Three days. Is that how days work? That's exciting. Um, <laughs> let's play a game. We love games. Oh, I like games. We like doing the games on the on the podcast show that we do. 
Um, and since it's the Super Bowl, we got to bring back the Super Bowl of games. What's more likely? They're All still right. working on the sound effect. Uh, the, it gets sadder every time. Yeah. I expect like a little sad horn no. to play oh, after. Sad trombone. <laughs> Um, so this is the what's more likely game. I will go around the table and um, put uh, two scenarios out there, and then I will ask one of the gentlemen at the table to tell me what's more likely. The other gentleman, welcome to chime in as well. You are not allowed to chime in, though. No, you are the host. You are Wink, you're Wink Martindale, <clears throat> Chuck Woolery, and John Davidson all ro- rolled into John one. John Davidson? <laughs> From, that's incredible. Maybe that's not even a person. Is, I was trying to go with the. You oh, just nailed the that's incredible host with Fran Tarkin yes. and Mark Summers. Mark him? Summers is good, and you know Ray Combs. <laughs> rest in peace, the Family Feud host. Combs always injected himself. Richard Dawson, five times better than Ray right, Combs. That's another podcast. Shall we? We'll continue? have a, a whole off season where we can talk about Family Feud hosts. But we all agree Louis Anderson was the worst. All right, let's let's go. You ready? <laughs> What's more likely, Chris Wessling? Marshawn Lynch runs for hundred yards. Or no Sean Moreno runs for 100 yards. Marshawn Lynch, for this reason. The Seahawks are going to win? No, I don't think that's the case. But Well, Marshawn Lynch always runs for more yards than no Sean. I mean, he ran for more yards during the season. But Monte Bo is running better than no Sean Moreno right now. I think they'll probably split carries evenly. Uh, so Lynch definitely has a better shot at it. How come I, uh, Ian actually reported that Moreno's not going to come back most likely? To the Broncos, I thought that this was a nice breakout year for him, and he was a nice fit. And you hear Peyton and Fox saying how huge and important he is to his offense, and yet they're going to let him go. That seems a little strange. Well, they, wouldn't that be effective to drive the price down potentially to not say, "Hey, we've got we want this guy back so much." They've got a second round draft pick ready to step in. I was imagining him if he happened to turn on NFL Network. It's like three days before, four days before the biggest game of your life in a dream season. And like one of the first stories, no Sean Marino not expected to be back. Wouldn't that <laughs> no, be wouldn't that rough. be deflating? That was... I would. It'd be like if if you guys were watching and it was like Mark Sessler not expected to be back with the Around the League podcast next season. Like how would your performance totally be in wouldn't this? be a headline anyway? I had the same thought, and I I really thought, man, sometimes we're just really bad people in this business. No, you got to report the news. We don't. That someone doesn't have to leak that. Right. Three days before the Super Bowl. I mean, that can't make no Sean feel feel good about. I think it's more that he's more likely to get a solid multi-year deal elsewhere right, because they don't want to invest that much in it. I'm sure they would take him back right. at the right cost. All right, so let's assume he gets close to 20 carries. I mean, is he is he going to have any success against this defense? He can run on the Seahawks outside of their home stadium. I also think Peyton is going to lean on that running game potentially if he's not seen the typical opportunities he would in the pass game. He'll whatever hole Seattle shows him, he'll use, and maybe the running game plays a big part. We're talking about a defense that gave up a career game to Kyrie Robinson. Mm -hmm. Good call. Also a defense though with Mark's boy Brandon Mebane. I'd go with Wes on this real quick because I think that the way that they've used Lynch in these last two games that literally are the most important games they've had all season. They've just sat on him all day long carrying that ball, and I think that they've said all week long, we're going to do what we've done and what got us here. So I think they're not going to divert from that. In the in the Broncos' pass, I mean, rush defense that's improved so much, still Paris Lennon and these guys that are high achievers, but I don't know if they're the most talented 
group in the world. And I, I could see if one of these teams is going to be able to run the ball. I mean, you have one of the most exciting, best rushers of this generation. It's got to be the same. Also, C-3. Lynch has more, I think it's, what is it, four runs over 20-something yards in the playoffs. Is it five? Four? And so he's, I mean, he, he's shown that in these games he can blast for big gains. So 100 yards, 120, you said? That's not tough for him. That's not what I said, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, Greg, so 25 what's minutes more ago you asked the question. Yes. What's, what's more likely? Demarius <laughs> Thomas scores two touchdowns or Percy Harvin scores two touchdowns? Well, I see this being a defensive game. So taking a page out of the Sessler book, I'm not, I don't think either one is going to happen. I don't know if anyone's going to get two receiving touchdowns. I don't know if two, any quarterback's going to get two receiving touchdowns. But I'll definitely go Percy Harvin because I think this Seahawks defense, I talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, the secondary is special. You mentioned Thurman might be the best nickel corner in the league. Byron Maxwell, if he played the whole season, he's a pro bowler. I think he's played that well. You could put the whole secondary in the Pro Bowl. And Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright, who's a a key guy for them, and all these guys, I just think it's such a unique defense that they've been building up for three or four years that no one's getting two touchdowns on them. Dan, you do a great job with these questions as as Wink Martindale, but let me fix this one for you. Sure. What's more likely, Demarius Thomas has two touchdowns or Percy Harvin leaves twice with an injury? <laughs> well, he's he certainly uh, he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt on that. He he seems certain that he's going to make it through this game. Uh, he said that at media day, but I mean, you wonder if the Broncos watched how the Saints handled the situation and just went crazy physical with them every time they targeted him, really pounded him. They're like, let's do the same thing. That's football. I know that's that that might be looked down upon in today's NFL, but I'm sure that's a conversation that just get physical with this guy and he might not be around. Well, the weird thing is he's such a physical player, Percy Harvin, so it kind of works against people forget he's one of the toughest. He when, is. when he's right, I mean, he's like a running back and is very think, physical. I don't think people understand how big that guy is. Like, yeah. He's one of the most physical slot receivers in the, in the league. Who's the sneaky biggest guy, like, when you saw him this week? You were like, Paris Lennon. Yeah, you said that. I'd say one. Brock Osweiler. That guy he didn't fit through doorways. <laughs> he is a very large human. I mean, we know statistically he's 6'7". My enemy, right? Matt Prater, he was a little thicker than I am. You guys are enemies now? Is yeah. it just because of he the He was hearing? diminutive, though, in terms of, he was short. He really? was shorter I than I thought. He, no, he was, was wide, but... A blur to me. <laughs> I don't even, you know. Why do I sound like I have a cough? Yeah, you okay? I have like, now listen. Uh, you have the confection? He just spent three days in Siberia. The confection? Do you mean the consumption? Consumption? <laughs> it's like I know you're trying to name like a middle, a middle European historical disease, about, but I'm thinking we're going consumption. Uh, Angela's ashes. Oh, yeah, good yeah, book. Got the consumption. No. I, will, I would not <laughs> be surprised if I were dead. The laugh riot. Yeah. Get some pig's head soup while we're at it. Uh, I probably actually infected a third of the Seahawks roster. Really? Well, yeah. that's kind of breaking. You can infiltrate it and get my boy Glazer on this. Uh, Sessler, what's more likely? Russell Wilson finishes with a passer rating below 75, or Peyton Manning finishes with a passer rating greater than 110? I, this is not hard for me. I'm going to go Peyton Manning because, I, you know, what that New England game if they can continue where they left off there, he just looked absolutely on fire from the start. I understand that Seattle is a 
secondary that literally no one does that against. Uh, but for me, I don't think you have to have a ton of yardage or even touchdowns to have a high passer rating. I think passer rating is ridiculous to begin with, but I'll go Manning. Because there's a scenario where Manning has his career game mm-hmm. in a big spot. Russell Wilson's not a guy that r- dials up 67 ratings. I mean, he's not a mistake-prone quarterback. I'm going Manning, too. I just think he's playing so well. I think he had a 115 rating for the season. I could see him doing that against Seattle. I guess I'd go Manning out of those two options, too. Isn't it great just to have Manning in this game? Not sure. Not just the cov- not the coverage, but especially when we're seated there in the cold sort of half-outdoor press box we'll be in on Sunday night. I mean, we'll just kind of you'll just have that feeling that you're watching history. The subtext here is that you like going to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying it makes it a lot more special with Manning here. It's also it nice. Special. It's also nice that we are in a climate-controlled box. Rog will be sitting outside. I don't think we're in a. Cl- I think it'll be pretty cold. I would bring. I've your heard jacket. rumors that we are. Uh, it's going to cut the wind with a closed window area and, and heat. Mm. Very interesting. <laughs> What's going to happen? Because you guys are so attached to your teams now. One of them are, is going to lose, most likely, barring something very strange. Uh, it's probably going to be pretty devastating for you guys to be in the in the locker room with your boys. I, uh, I already feel bad for Mark. Oh, it got real. Could it possibly be worse than the team I actually spend <laughs> decades rooting for? No. You could begin to get a complex, though, that just, like, no matter who you mm. attach yourself to, including Greg Roman, mm. not exactly his finest hour last night. I will... Sessler's stink. Yeah, it's like interesting. Charlie Brown of... NFL writer. I will feel bad for them because I feel that, you know, I formed a lot of lasting and, uh, you know, dug in deep friendships this week with that roster. Meaningful connections. I did. I know he that they almost bought a beer for Dan Quinn. Well, almost thought got to start somewhere. For, to go out with him for a beer. You almost got a restraining order against you. From no, Dan no, Quinn. no. See, I didn't do, you all, we all think about doing things. I didn't do it. That's the difference between myself and Greg. Well, you can say say the same thing about Wes and the Polish woman at the hotel last night. Yeah, I don't know. You know, Wes, you can espouse on this. It was not at a hotel. Mark and I, we were actually thinking about staying in for the night. We needed a night to let our bodies recuperate. And uh, we decided to go out to dinner. And just as we're finishing up, two Polish women and another man walk up, sit down next to us. The other man was Dan Quinn, by the way. (laughs) Definitely was not. <laughs> and the short round uh, powerlifting Polish woman just affixed herself to me for the next four hours and would not leave my side. And uh, there are a lot of stories involved in this night, but yes, it was. But you you relented her advances. To, well, that just it will advance to the end of the night where I had to physically put her into a car and send her on her way. Is this accurate, Mark? Yeah. Well, I it, there were many periods in the night where I thought. I'd like to go home, but I'm not leaving my friend in this situation because I wasn't convinced that they weren't like uh, a subsect of like Polish mafia. Greg, uh, Wes would wake up in a bathtub in ice with his liver gone. I something. was very concerned about Wes. Um, well, it's, the other couple were doing their thing, but right. this woman was. You were, all over. You were also entertained. It, the, she was entertaining. Wes was entertaining, but I started to become very concerned about our friend. I just like wherever Wes goes, the Wes vibe. We talked about it, didn't we? That he's got this. He's got this aura, and yeah. it's just like, whoosh. I had no you know idea. You know what I'm saying? When he enters the room, and 
also, Some power lifters are impressed by this. <laughs> also, at the you know you have the the Steve Winwood hot tub at his condo complex. There are Eastern European women attracted to him at that region. He comes across the country and he still has Eastern European like always. They're always four and a half spines. In this case, sounds like a two and a half. But <laughs> still, you know, I'll put this girl at about a five. Okay, that's good. Well, that, that leads into my finally final. What's more likely, I'll throw it to Greg. Uh, Greg, what's more likely, Mark Sessler downloads Bruno Mars' entire catalog on Monday morning? Yes. Or Wes gets back to his room tonight and a Polish woman is sitting on the bed with a rock hammer in her hand. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wesleyan stayed last night in New Jersey. And tonight he's in Manhattan. And while maybe she has KGB connections and could somehow put that all together, that seems like a big leap to take. Rock hammers also sold out throughout the metro area. Mm. I'm going with Sessler. You think there is Mars. any scenario on this planet that I am, I don't even Here it have is. an... Here Simone. A, an, hey, Mark, that was some great halftime show. Can you please download his whole collection well, for me? melodies. Conversation would never happen. I don't <laughs> even have, a, I don't even have an your avenue kids? to download music. I How about your kids? That. I haven't downloaded a song in like seven or eight years, I can, maybe. I can say this as a fact. Bruno Mars is huge with the two-year-old set. Uh, my daughter Ellis loves his song. See the difference here, even though it's about making love. You know mm-hmm. some of the subtext of it. You know I'm not that comfortable. She sings along. She loves it. The that difference is here is weird. Greg did not, in any way, encounter the Polish weightlifter. Uh, <laughs> this this woman and yeah. I. I have seen what she's all about to some degree. Which is a great danger. And I think that uh, Wes, it's a home run that she shows up in Wes's room (laughs) with some sort of low-level weapon. All right. A crude killing device. (laughs) I like how the rock hammer is back in style. I haven't seen that since Shawshank Redemption. (laughs) (laughs) I picture this one to be a little bigger, but very sturdy. So she just is like kneecapping me? I don't know. I don't want to think about it. Because it certainly would be uh, Is that what the kids are calling it now? I didn't uh, think our podcast could get any darker than the last one. <laughs> but this is getting These have been off the rails. Two of the stranger episodes in the, this body of work. Yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, just it, maybe it's this wing of the hotel. Maybe it's haunted or some evil spirits or something. I don't know. I'm just spitballing there. Not a lot of sleep. Not a lot of organization. It's a stew. Yeah. It's a stew that... <laughs> All right, it's time... It's time. It's prediction time, folks. Are you excited? Are you ready to make your Super Bowl prediction? Super Bowl 48, live from MetLife Stadium, Denver Broncos. Mark, are you alive? I what am. Is going should on? we have a consumption? I'm fading. I've got the consumption. <laughs> I've got the disease Papa. Henry has. <laughs> Papa, I have the consumption. Um, we are going to go around the room. Greg, we Greg nailed it last year, so maybe we'll make we'll have Greg go last because mm. there's a chance that he has some magic in his bones here. I will start, and I better get to Mark first because he might die if we don't get to him if we put it off too long. Mark, your winner. I think we know who you're picking to win, but the score as well. All right, I'm going Seattle 28-27. I think that Percy Harvin is going to be the MVP of this game. Mm. So you see Percy making. Multiple huge plays, special teams plays. That's how MVP catches. works, Tim. Um, just trying to, I'm trying to help you because you're not professional. You didn't draw out your point at all. I feel like I made a concise point, and I'm ready to have the next person speak. Wes, now you can cough yourself to death now. Wes. I am going Denver Broncos 30, 
Seattle Seahawks 20. Mm. Mm. How does that game play out? What are some things that happen in this game? Well, uh, pick six from Champ Bailey, the uh, Super wow. Bowl MVP. Ooh. Wow. Playing at a high level <laughs> again. I, I feel like last game he's back to 2012 form. And uh, someone today sauntering around just carries himself like a athlete. You could tell that guy's special. Like West a guy that was named so champ. bought into this <laughs> Yeah. Like this outrageous it's champ. definitely Bailey. Manchurian candidate territory. If, I, that I, would almost be better than getting the score right. Getting Champ Bailey as MVP seems seems unlikely, considering he's probably been one of the worst cornerbacks in the league this year. When he was injured, I believe in the NFL when you're playing through injuries, you're not the same person as you are when you're healthy. So an injured Champ Bailey was awful early in the season, but now healthy. He played a great game last week against the Patriots. I can smell the angry tweets coming. You're, Champ Bailey's great. Of course, Champ Bailey's great. <laughs> Way to cut him off, Greg. I'm just saying. I mean, he, he has gotten somewhat under the radar this week for a guy that you could argue, just based on Pro Bowls, is the greatest cornerback or one of them in NFL history. You could argue he, that. He's made more Pro Bowls than any defensive player that's never been to a Super Bowl and, and more Pro Bowls, period, than every defensive player in NFL history except for two. That's yeah, pretty I ridiculous. generally don't judge the greatest by how many uh, no. fan-voting Pro Bowls they've made. <laughs> All right. I Such will... a West comment. <laughs> <laughs> Very West. Vintage. Um, I will take, well, we already know who I'm going to take. I took this team in November. I have taken the Seattle Seahawks. In a romp, a genuine laugher, 45 to 17. Wow. What? Yes. Well, that's a bluff. I'll tell you. Uh, it's going to be tough to pick the MVP because uh, Richard Sherman will have a pick six. Marshawn Lynch will go for 132 and two scores. But they will give it to Russell Wilson uh, because he will have a very steady turnover-free game uh, and pass for over 280 yards with uh, three touchdowns, and that... Wait, I have one issue with your prediction. Because you were, in this uh, room at least, the champion of the Peyton Manning is not a guy who chokes in the games. You're talking pick sixes. You're talking generated (laughs) 17 points. You're talking total collapse. We can't can't be consistent after a season's worth of content. All I can tell you is, um, you know, this, yes, certainly... This hurts, but if nothing else, it proves that I'm not some Peyton Manning homer. And I don't think people will have, well, even at the end of the game, people won't see this Peyton Manning choking. They'll see a truly great, potentially all-time level Seahawks franchise cresting on the biggest stage in sports. Boom! I'm convinced. If only they could take their stadium with you with them, I would, I would believe your prediction. And if they give Peyton Manning the Super Bowl... Against the, I mean, the MVP when they beat the Bears and they gave Eli Manning the MVP. I think it's safe to say they're going to give the quarterback any MVP at this point, especially if they score 45 points. Yeah, that's fair. All right, gentlemen, so we will be back. Wait, Greg didn't make his. Jeez. <coughs> well, we're actually going to. That gonna... was cunning. <laughs> you, you tried to get out of there with that. That we... was good. We could do a whole separate podcast, just my prediction. You guys could give give your thoughts on it. Why don't the three of us, we'll check out and just leave. No, you guys could offer, because you're obviously fascinated by what's coming. We'll have to tune in and listen. it is now your turn. Nailed it last year exactly, and now you will make your Super Bowl prediction. Let's hear it. I hate to do this, because what it really does is it proves Dan Hansis right. (laughs) And... 
it shows that all the mocking I did of Dan <laughs> way back in November and December that it was ridiculous to hand the Super Bowl to the Seahawks back then mm-hmm. in a blowout was essentially wrong, and Dan was right the whole time. I have 24 to 13. Maybe that's not a massive blowout. but The I th- greatest offense in NFL history scores 13 points? That's what's going to be so exciting about it. They have a lot of long drives. I don't know if you noticed. They haven't scored a lot of points in the playoffs, really. Haven't been that great in the red zone. Relatively, they're they not should, scoring right. a ton. That bad luck in the red zone is due for a turnaround. Well, I think they'll kick some field goals. They'll have some turnovers. They'll have the fewest amount of yards that they do all game. Seahawks will control the ball, and let's give the MVP to Marshawn Lynch with a big rushing performance. Forget Russell Wilson. (laughs) Lynch will go crazy. The defense will go crazy. The secondary will go crazy. This essentially has you categorizing Dan as an NFL visionary. (laughs) It's got to hurt, Greg. It's got to hurt. I just have to say what's exactly going to happen, so I did it, and Yes, it will prove that Dan is really the brains behind this entire operation. (laughs) (laughs) So at the end of the day, that is three picks for the Seahawks of our group, and Wes, the lone Broncos supporter. Do we know uh, Kevin Patra's pick by any chance? We do not know Kevin's at at this stage of the game. He's still in the laboratory. He's been posting nonstop (laughs) since we last talked to him to make up for us while we're out on the town and talking to people. All right, so we will, and if you, yeah, if you check out our picks on the NFL.com page, you can find our picks, and you can see what uh, Kevin Patrick picks, because I would, I'm curious as well. I'm burning up with desire to find out what he thinks about this game. And speaking of which, they asked Bruno Mars, who do you pick? He said, I'm not telling you. Like, we care who you pick, Bruno Mars. <laughs> so coy. And it's the same thing happened with Beyonce last year. Like, who's going to win? She's like, I'm not going to say. She didn't even know who was in the game. <laughs> I, I think uh, Bruno Mars said Kentucky. <laughs> that would be weird. Um, all right, so we will be back late, late Sunday night. We're going to tape. It will probably show up uh, in everyone's uh, devices. Monday morning. Monday morning. So... Uh, yes, we will get our hot takes, hashtag hot takes out there right after the game. And then when you wake up in the morning, wherever you are, listen to what we have to say. It, it's going to be insightful and entertaining. It'll be 40 minutes coronating one of the greatest defenses ever constructed in NFL history. Yeah, Greg, all the way around. He's By all who? the way in. I feel like... By Dan Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it is. What was that last? I feel like you guys are um, overconfident here. Like you're compensating for something. Mm. Wes, huge upside for you. You have a chance to be the only right person in the room. Yeah, in a game where they're favored. Which would thrill me to no end. It wouldn't be the first or last time that's happened. They are slightly favored. I've noticed online, our NFL.com analyst, Lean Seahawks, if we care about the celebrity picks, that was leaving Broncos. Can we do something about our uh, NFL.com analyst on this uh, debate club thing? We have some wild, just wild opinions on there. It's just, it's out of control. We need to revamp the personnel roster on that thing. That's a project for the off season. <laughs> <laughs> we like, have Wes officially, is, is salty. Like we it. have spun down a wormhole that I'm not sure even the most loyal listener is still with us. The show ended point. three minutes ago, right? We've just been talking, right? <laughs> I'm two beers deep now. Talking full-fledged conflagration. <laughs> All right, so yes, we'll be back. Uh, after the Super Bowl, and we hope you listen. 
until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for the mailman, the sizzler, the boss, Tade, not behind the glass, in the room, taking notes, copious notes. Thank you for sitting in. Until Super Bowl Sunday! That's what I saw the paper going well so far. <laughs>